Welcome to Dynamo's Dozen, the podcast that I bring you each and every single week where I talk about whatever may be on my mind from pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, music, movies, muesli, fresh socks and jocks and everything in between, never forgetting the talc. That's very important. I am your host in the Dynamo Kelly and I am joined once again by this very, very handsome Southern Nola man, Mr. Kyle Thomas. Welcome back, sir. What's up, Ian? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, sir. Um, third time is a charm, I guess. Yeah, let's and, hope so. And, we, <laughs> and, and, and you're it's looking at him every time so far for me, so I, I got no complaints, man. It's always, always good company, yeah. whether we're talking like this or sitting down at a bar. Yeah, which we have done since, which is which is awesome. Um, so you are dealing with a couple of lucky charms today. One American, one uh, one one over here in the rainy parts of Ireland. You know, I would. That's uh, it. I would probably trade. Uh, I would probably trade some of our rainfall for some of your beautiful uh, New Orleans uh, heat. It, it's raining right now and cold. Oh, really? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for us, it's cold. You know, it's in the forties. It's still warm though, right? No, it's in the 40s. Yeah, but like we're, we're in the minus fucking 40s. <laughs> well, yeah, well, y'all get like real cold. We, but like where I live, anything 40s and under is pretty cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. Well, okay. Well, that's cool. That makes me feel a little bit better then, knowing that uh, you guys have some. That we're suffering too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we have some pretty cool shit to announce today. Um, especially for our European listeners. Um, you now, finally, after what? We've known each other. Well, we've been in conversation probably in about best part of 10 years, but we actually had our first podcast three years ago. You were one of the early guests on the Dynamo's Dozen show, where it all began here. And uh, you now have found yourself making your way into the world of podcasting finally um and i think for anybody that has uh, followed you on um you know on on, on the the call thomas facebook page and, and your own personal page will realize that you've uh, you've definitely got a lot of um got a lot of humor in your in your utility belt <laughs> <laughs> and you like to fuck with alexa quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh the class clown never grows up i guess you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah there you go you were the class clown right yeah my i mean one of them anyway not all the time but I, oh, you, you had know, you I had, had an entourage I, right? I had my parents, <laughs> and uh my uh you know, my parents and my siblings i'm the youngest so I was always putting on a show for them and they always thought it was hilarious whether I was trying to be funny or not. I can remember being little and being angry with them because they were all laughing and I was being serious. <laughs> they thought I was just putting on a show and being serious about something and I get mad like y'all laughing at me. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that's actually sounds really cute though, in fairness. Like just a little kid just going, hey man, I'm being serious here. Come on. I'm serious. <laughs> Look how cute he is! Oh. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, like, you know, it, it, it's kind of cool because, it, and, and you probably see where I'm coming from there and you probably agree with me, like definitely in the last kind of few years, you've kind of shown that different kind of stuff that you like to just take the piss, you know, on Facebook. And obviously that's a side to you that obviously only the people that are close to, you know, but um, y- you've kind of shown that. And, and, and when, we, when we look at, first and foremost, before we get into any plugs on the podcast, what actually gave you the idea of thinking, okay, maybe I could do a podcast here. Like what was the kind of mindset of that? Was it, was it a suggestion or something that you maybe thought about yourself that you would like to try or. I'm I'm at a point now where I'm not even really sure. I can't recall if anyone said, man, you should really try podcasting. I, I don't recall anyone doing that necessarily. It doesn't mean someone didn't suggest it to me when I was having drinks somewhere on this earth you know it could be that somebody went, i don't even i don't that. even think i suggested it to you at all did i i don't even think no i don't think so i mean i i just figured i'd give it a try it's i see so many people having fun with it and it's like i've got stories to tell that's for sure and i've got yeah. new music yeah. and old music and you know what better way to show people you know an opportunity to meet the kyle thomas that other people might know and I just figured it's probably best to do it myself, introduce myself to people my way on my terms, you know? And what an awesome way you've done it. Um, KT's Hollowed Sound podcast. I hope I, uh, I hope I got enough bass in that to, to kind of really set it. KT's Hollowed Sound podcast. I hope that's... Oh, that intro. <laughs> is that all right? KT's Hollowed Sound Podcast. Yes. You're listening to KT. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some kind of monster. Yeah, well, you know, I was a big fan of the Monster Squad back in the day, so I'm just trying to do my best uh, broken Frankenstein slash Dracula accent, but like without being Romanian, you know? It's, uh, right. <laughs> so i mean it's um the first episode is up and we can announce as well over here in europe uh you are going to be uh going to be releasing the podcast as well as part of our network dynamo podcast network as well the audio and the youtube will be on it from this side as well which is really cool and for me um it's an honor you know what i mean um considering you know i grew up listening to your music and uh, now I get to have your voice as part of my network as well. So that's really cool. Um, and something, you know, something I'm appreciative of. Appreciative of. Um, in terms Good to have the opportunity. You no, know, absolutely, dude. And, and I mean, we, we, we've been talking about this for a while, obviously, when you when you gave me the idea that you wanted to do the podcast. And we kind of, <clears throat> should I say, uh, you know, in, in no way, shape or form did I help you, you know, with anything other than just giving you tips on how to get your podcast up and rolling. Dude, you were very helpful to me. You, I, you made it, you made it a lot easier for me to want to go after because it sounded attainable the way you described it. And, you know, basically the whole, I think you could do it and I think you could do it well. So it was like, oh, great. I've got somebody that first of all, that I respect and am friends with. And secondly, somebody that's got experience in this field. So it's helpful. I mean, I don't know anything about this. I'm really just kind of winging it. <laughs> That's the, the, but hey, I'm having fun. It's, 
it's fun, man. It's cool. You know? Well, no, look, so, I appreciate you know, like, that, dude. I appreciate that. And I mean, like, and the thing about it is, um, you know, I was being honest with you. I mean, I'd, I'd had many conversations with you, you know, not just, not just on podcasts. We've had many conversations where we're just shooting the shit, you know, you show me your yard, <laughs> you know, on a beauty, yeah. on a beauty New and Orleans. Where I ask questions too much. So. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, definitely. You have the personality for it. And I think, I think what you have as well is that it's uh, the Hollowed Sound podcast. It really is that. It's a perfect name as well. And obviously, it's a throw on, on one of the songs as well. And it's, right. I think, some of the stories for anybody that hasn't listened to the show, you're obviously going to listen to it after this. It's it's a really, it's a really great, um, it's just a really great show. Even if you're not a big fan of, of music per se, it's a really nice show that you can listen to somebody talking about experiences in, in, in their musical, you know, in their field and, and, and kind of telling stories about how you got into, I mean, without giving anything away, obviously, um, talking about, wanting to play a particular instrument and then coming away with a different instrument because you know it always leads back to girls right um some really cool little anecdotes in there and um and of course um we get to hear some really cool music as well i, I know on the first episode we can probably give away uh, one of the songs that you played was from a project that some people may or may not be familiar with uh which is jones's lounge and um that was a project that you had worked on. Good Lord. Would that have been like early nineties, mid nineties? Would it have been? 2001, I think. Um, I'm way out of the fucking ballpark there. So uh, that, was, that was some time ago for sure. I want to say it was when my firstborn child was maybe not even two years old yet. Oh, wow. And, uh, wow. Yeah. And uh, we did what it was, was, Dax Thaler had already put songs together with Jimmy Bauer over at Dave Fortman's studio called, uh, what the hell was that studio called? I'm freaking drawing a blank on it now. Uh, I'll think of it in like 25 minutes and just blow yeah. it out. It's all but about segues. Uh, <laughs> they put these great pieces of music together and Dax came to me and he was like, man, would you be interested in helping me make my songs into like real songs, you know? Because he, you know, all it was was the structures, you know, and, you know, we did have to do a little rearranging, but not too, too much. It was all pretty much there. And uh, so I just worked on it with him. I played a little guitar on it here and there, um, but mostly just sang. And it's a, probably one of the the best kept secrets in my discography that's just not worldwide released. It's, I want to say, the songs are, are great. The, the production sounds really good. It's for what we had to work with financially. I mean, it wasn't like wasn't like five hundred bucks or anything, but it was not a major budget. It was Dax just paying for everything out of his own pocket, just working and paying for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, when we take a break here, we'll definitely play uh, play the song that you played on on your show, which, in fairness, it was a uh, was a nice little subtle hint I liked. <laughs> I'd suggest to you. Uh, you Somebody told some... me they liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, good lord, because that was that was like, I mean, that was a song that uh, when I when I got into gigging, 
Um, that, along with the Alabama Thunder Pussy record, um, more so than the Exhorter stuff, believe it or not, was actually really, when I got my second band, was when I really kind of started, to, you know, when you start to find your range a little bit more and you're not trying to be anybody as such? Yep. Um, I was found myself going, oh, fucking, because I was singing it constantly in my head, going like, sometimes, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I don't need to... Uh, try and be so angry all the time you know <laughs> you know what i mean but everybody everybody has their little spell of trying to be angry and girty and you know just basically trying to tear the fucking uh, vocal cords out of their uh, out of their throat and i was yep. like hey this guy just went from this ain't a lust to sometime i was like all right that's that's a transition i like that shit i can try that and uh, no, it was really, really cool. And I think it's a record that you did mention as well that you are at some point going to try and. Uh, it is available on YouTube now, obviously as well, as you said. Yeah, you can you can stream it for a listen on YouTube. Uh, uh, I've had somebody present an idea to me, but I haven't spoken with Dax about it. I intend to very soon. Sure, but uh, should be done. You know, don't listen to it on I, YouTube. I got people. so much on my plate right now. It's not like I'm sitting around with nothing to do. Don't listen to it on YouTube, motherfuckers. Wait for it to be, uh, wait for it to be properly reintroduced and produced. I think it's. Right, go ahead and listen to it. It's it's better to it's better to start listening to it now because you're still gonna want it later. <laughs> oh damn straight, man! It, it, it's it's an pretty awesome good, record. man. It's a good awesome record, record. Really awesome record. It's it's still still personally one of my favorites. One of my favorite pieces of work that you've done. Um, so let's get back to the podcast a little bit. So the hollowed sound. Um, in terms of you, you mentioned to me as well something um, that even your own wife said within listening to the first ten minutes of it. That's you. She said to you that that's that's you. Like that's 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 perfect. How important was it for you? Like, and and I suppose it's it's kind of a double barrel question. This, but like, how important was it for you to kind of come across as your actual self, and also? subconsciously was there any kind of thing where you were going shit no i need to redo that because i'm not feeling i i, I think i'm because you you understand the question i'm asking sometimes when people get in front of a microphone when they're speaking it's a different story than when they're singing because you're going right i need to you're basically being a uh, radio presenter for 40 minutes to an hour right. you know and uh, right, right. that can be something very very different because usually when there's a microphone in front of you you've got like this hellfire voice that comes out of it and um you know what was the dynamic like that in that for you did you find it kind of relaxing did you find it therapeutic being able to kind of sit down and speak about you know memories and stuff like that i really thought really long and hard and i watched a few videos about how it's done and what people recommend and this and that sure, sure. i really I just kind of thought about what I would like to hear if I was listening to something. So obviously musical selections, that's, you know, you got to have music at the party. So. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But I figure most people are probably listening that are most, excuse me, most of the ones that are listening are probably listening to it because of my music. So yeah. I'll play some maybe a little bit more off the beaten path to make it interesting. And, uh, and to you know, get some exposure for those projects as well. I'd, Show your uh, body of work as well, I guess. You know, that yeah, people don't yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, 
Man, I just lost my train of thought, man. <laughs> That's probably my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, help me out. Where, where, where'd we leave off before that? So, yeah. So you were saying like it was a case of um, it was a case where you were you were getting a chance to kind of look at old projects and speak about music, but show like maybe yes, you know, because it would have been easier for you to play like the stuff that everybody knows from Exorder and whatnot. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's I mean that's good and all, but there's there's so much more out there that I've done that just hasn't gotten the exposure or the recognition. So you know, doing that, I, I found that it was important to advise people as to what's going on with Exorder and Trouble. Uh, I did also bring up the fact that I'm doing a solo album and then failed to talk about the solo album throughout the entire episode. So now I know what I'm talking about in episode two. So that's that's how Train of Thought works with you. So it's not my fault. No, no, dude. It's literally <laughs> like, the what's the meme? Oh, squirrel. Bam, oh, squirrel. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, it, it absolutely happens to me as well. It's like... um. You know, like we're we're big fans of all the you know British comedy, like and Billy Connolly, for example, is a perfect example. What a funny man. Absolutely oh, hilarious. Billy Connolly used to talk about, you know, I used to uh, I used to talk about something and then I'd have to come back to it. Uh, like, I'll come back to it eventually, I promise. <laughs> and like he'd always come back to the joke about an hour later. <laughs> you were like, shit, how does this guy do it? So I know exactly. It really was. Oh, dude, absolutely one of one of the goats, one of the one of the greatest. But um, I do like that, yeah. And 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 I suppose today is not really about you giving away any musical projects or something like that because that's obviously for your podcast. Um, but you did mention obviously you're working on some 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 pro uh, like a solo project, for example. Um, yeah, yeah. You've been talking about that for a long time. Has that been in the works for a long time, or is that something that maybe has happened in the last year or so? Um, there's. I didn't just start working on it because you have to consider the time that I put into sure at least two of the songs that I've. One of them I started writing in the '90s and wrote yeah. most of it in the night. Just I really mostly just finalized the arrangement and tweaked a few things between then and now but that song's pretty much from like the end of the floodgate days we used to actually rehearse one of these songs a little bit uh it never to get too too far but uh it's nice to finally have it out of my head and onto a recording that i can sure. listen to and go yeah uh, that that's the best part about songwriting it's a relief to the artist to get get this out to where everybody can hear it not just me i'm not just being haunted by this alone i'd rather <laughs> rather have everyone else miserable with me yeah yeah yeah, absolutely like it's it's like <laughs> no i i hear you dude it, it's um and and the great thing about it is now i mean you, horrible music with everyone <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i had a i had an idea for a question earlier as well and i don't know whether you're going to kick my ass next time you see me for this question or whether you're going to go okay mm, i need to think about this one um I know you're a big fan of bands and that's the great thing about especially metal bands, rock bands, just music in New Orleans. It's it's so all intertwined in in, in your culture because you it's it's probably the most cultured city in well, it's definitely the most cultured city within the United States. North America, one of one of the best, one of the more in North it's like it's older than America. We had our yeah. 300th exactly. birthday a few years. <laughs> Yeah, 
exactly dude it's uh you know you got irish spanish french you know african it's 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 just it's it's an amazing uh it's an amazing yeah, it's an yeah it's, it's it's an amazing concoction of, of 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 different musical styles and tastes and you it tells in your music you know what i mean there's a reason that people millions of people flood the mardi gras you know what i mean yeah yeah each year um so i had this idea for a question i was like if there was three songs right just three if you had to pick three now i'll give you time over the course of the podcast to come back to me on this, if there was three songs that you could record that were written by artists or bands or whatever that you would love to have a chance of, uh, of covering, like in an actual recording, what would they be? Oh, wow. Well, I can't answer that 100% truthfully right now because I'm actually in the process of doing that. So... <laughs> So that's a secret. We didn't speak beforehand, people. God's on the street. We did not speak about this beforehand. (laughs) That's a a trade secret, industry secret right now. Um, No, seriously, I have some that I'm working on that are really coming along really cool. I'm really excited. And people that I've played it for seem to really like it too. So that's coming hopefully sooner than later. Uh, You you can tell me after the show. Yeah, sure. Um, Maybe. uh, but no, that's, I mean, there's a million of them I'd love to do. I'd, uh, right Place, Right Place, Wrong Time by Dr. John. Um, that's always awesome. been what I would love to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, Destroy by the Kinks, how fun that would be. I mean, it's that's just a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibilities are endless, you know. You know. Is there anything? I, I, is there anything? Else? Queen. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. I said I'd I'd redo Queen stuff. I'd you know, I'll do oh. redo anything. You know, I don't and care. You, and you could do that. Yeah, you're you're one of the lucky people that would be able to uh, would be able to probably pull that shit off as well. Um, I mean, I would. Love, you just gave me an idea. <laughs> I would love to hear you do something off um, like Power Slave. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. I, I think the way I you're. Played, I played most of that song, most of that album. Uh, I was in an Iron Maiden tribute band. Uh, over 10 years ago, actually, probably closer to 20 years ago, <laughs> and uh, and we did everything from the first five albums. It was so much fun, it really was. I'd say, what was it like actually trying to do like a Bruce Dickinson voice? And t- no, not trying to do a Bruce Dickinson voice, but like in that octave and, and singing within that range, like was it was it a test or was it just something that you found easy? We were rehearsing one night, we were playing super Flight question from me. <laughs> I know the answer. <laughs> Here we go. This I have to answer with a small story. And this is just the truth. We were rehearsing. It's hot day in a uh, in a warehouse. Uh, we got air conditioning, so we closed the overhead door playing. And we played Flight of Vickers. As soon as it was, op- as it was over, you heard on the uh, overhead door. So these guys opened up. The, we opened up the door. And there's these two guys standing there. And one of them goes, hey, man, we just wanted to let you all know that Bruce Dickinson's about a block down the street. And he's really upset. He wants his voice back. <laughs> oh hell yeah! And everybody started laughing. I'm like, man, thank you. You know, he's definitely complimenting me on my my delivery of the song. You know, but I, I mean, I don't think Bruce is in any trouble with me stealing his voice or anything. But it was a compliment for sure. Bruce is such an accomplished singer, and I'm such a fan. So, uh, yeah, I love playing the Iron Maiden tunes. I, I love playing the, the 
I, the Deano songs, my favorite album, Iron Maiden's Killers, anyway. So awesome we did a album. good, yeah. oh man, insane. So, you know, we just did a good job of selecting from all of the first five records and not going too heavy on one. But, you know, we kind of had to go a little heavy on Power Slave because we did Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And that's oh, like a thousand. Shit. Did you do that? <laughs> you done the it's whole like song? Yeah, man. We did the whole, you know, <laughs> one of the guys, the bass player, uh, did the, the the poetry reading in the uh during oh, really? you know, the shipwreck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes. Uh, you know, the lost at sea. Yeah, drive, of course. You know. Yeah, I, I love so that. Good. It's it's funny, it's funny how you kind of find when you get older, and I'm sure you you know, I'm sure you've had this like a million times over, how you kind of fucking rekindle this love for bands that you really, really appreciated, like in your kind of late teens to early twenties. And then you kind of go off them because you go on to something cooler because, you know, you got this group of friends that are into this more extreme kind of stuff. But then I found myself recently kind of just falling in love again with old bands like Judas Priest and Maiden and, and looking back at the old stuff. And it's, it's, it's such a, it's actually like a, a journey in and of itself, isn't it? Like when you, when you go back and kind of revisit that stuff, um, or else I'm having a midlife crisis. Help me out here, but uh, it's something. I'll be honest with you. Um, most of what I listen to, my brother always laughs at me because if it wasn't written before 1983, you don't listen to it, or you don't know sure, what it is. Sure. <laughs> written after, written after 83. Because I, I was, I was I only on the way in 83. I was born in 84. So I was only on the way. I was I, so you technically. Born, which year were you born? Which I was born in 84. In June 84. 84. Same age. We talked about this last week. Uh, yeah, he's the same yeah. age as my nephew. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So, um, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> it's true, uh, though, isn't it? Like you, you kind of like because '84 was such a fucking. I, I always make a joke with uh with my better half Rachel, and I'm always like, dude, I was just born to be successful somehow, and I'm always joking because it was like '84 with all the best shit happened. All the best shit, you know, all the best movies came out, best books, best music. And I was like, yeah, it was like when you look back and it was like 84 was a hell of a year, actually. <laughs> all joking yeah, aside. Yeah. You know, it really no was, doubt about that, man. Um, yeah, I, I was in, uh, I was a freshman in high school that year. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so was it, we're not too far behind. <laughs> no, no, like I'm, I'm still young enough to be like an older brother for you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I had to learn. My, my little brother Joe was going to be listening to this, going, "This is awesome," and I'll be like, "I wasn't the greatest big brother in the world, but uh, that's because I didn't have one." <laughs> you know, it's like you, you're, you're learning on the fly, right? You were the youngest. You had to, you had to make it up as you went along. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. For the amount of uh, ass whoopings I gave him back in the day, I'm sure he would easily give me them back tenfold if uh, if I was to piss him off now. So <laughs> I've got I've got no younger siblings and my sister's oldest is the same age as you. And we spent a lot of time together with me just being a young 14 when he was born. And so, yeah, I babysat him a lot as a teenager, for sure. But but he was also like a little sibling to me. So of course, you know, we clashed as, you know, teenagers are so easy to get along with. Right. <laughs> and I had to torment the poor child. So and that was a big need to kick my ass if he wants to. 
<laughs> it's like uh, it's like gorillas in the mist, my man. You know what I mean? That's what we are. We're just trying to establish our, our place in uh, in life somehow. At that age, especially, like you know what I mean? You're just trying to establish some sort of dominance, and then it oh yeah, comes back to bite you in the ass. Then sometimes <laughs> it's like yeah, shit, you're bigger than me now. <laughs> you know, man, I, those... used tell, I used to tell him. And he was a toddler, and I'd tell him, you may be bigger than me one day, but you will never be able to kick my ass. And uh, my and exact me, words no, I'd say, I, well, I'd say but. I would say but, because he's a little kid, right? So I'd say, you'll never be able to kick my butt. And he goes, one, I'll kick your butt. And he'd come at me, and you know, then you do the stiff arm, hold him off. Well, <laughs> yeah, he's, the much, face. <laughs> he's much larger than me now and could probably break me in half because he <laughs> came second in state and wrestling back in uh, in high school. So he's bad mofo. <laughs> yeah, does, you don't. He you does. Don't, you don't I think he does jiu-jitsu now, too. <laughs> yeah, OK, well, that that makes it even that makes him even more dangerous. I was going to say, like, to start <laughs> off with, if he's an amateur wrestler and he's that good, you don't really want to fuck with amateur wrestlers. But if he's now learning some jujitsu so he knows how to choke your shit out, then then you're kind of fucked. So it's 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 best to kind of leave that one on the shelf and just go, hey, all those memories you have, it's delusion, man. <laughs> that never happened. I was always by your side, brother. <laughs> yeah, he, he put he put me down at a wedding I got too drunk at one time. It was at my sister's house. They got a big piece of land. And uh that the uh the reception spilled into the house for the rest of the evening. <laughs> I was really drunk. So, I, you know, I was drunk and mouthy because I, I think I was drinking whiskey at this point, and that's not a good idea. Ever Fire water, yeah. And uh, and so, he, you know, he just took me down in a wrestling move. I'm so drunk. Even if I was in my best, it had been tough. But, Lord have mercy, he just put me right down. <laughs> He'd be like, you all right? You all right? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. And as soon as he let me up, now nah, I'm pissed. And then I'd go back after him, and he just put me right back down again. <laughs> so that became like a game of tag <laughs> yeah of course like drunk uncle fucking acting like an ass <laughs> hey it happens to the best of us i'm not an uncle yeah i'm definitely not an uncle but uh it happens to the best of us though um whiskey is a whiskey is a madman's drink as they say um in terms of you know where we are now in 2021 still unfortunately um, still with COVID being a, being a thing that we thought would, would eventually kind of go and piss off somewhere, but we are still, we are still here. What, what has, um, what has life been like over in, in New Orleans? Um, you know, in terms of, has there been like lockdowns, not lockdowns? Have, have you guys, are you used lockdown currently now or? Funny that you should say that. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Okay. You couldn't have asked for a better time because it's it's Mardi Gras season right now. So sure. because of that, the parade crews all canceled their the parades. The city decided when you know we're not gonna have the actual parades. So uh the mayor who I don't live in Greater New Orleans, so I don't vote for mayor. I'm not in Orleans Parish, I'm in Jefferson, I live in Metairie, like about 10 miles outside of the city. So Metairie but is like, Metairie is a little bit outside the main it's city. A suburb. Yeah. It's a suburb of the greater New Orleans area. Sure. But it's not a part of the politics or anything. Yeah. And, uh, and she announced today that none of the bars on Bourbon Street will be open. Uh, even if they sell food, Bourbon Street will be closed down. 
so uh, none of the stores are going to be allowed to sell liquor. So she's literally shutting down on the French Quarter and Greater New Orleans during the most uh, important uh, financial holiday. Yeah, the most the profitable city. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and look, you know, I'm all for like safe protocols and stuff, but it's just weird. It seems like there's all kinds of vendettas against it sometimes uh, i don't know maybe i'm I, I, I'm not trying to say anything other than the fact that people aren't really happy with what's going on and i don't know that the mayor's happy with how people perceive what's going on so i don't know i'm just glad i don't live in orleans parish <laughs> Well, dude, to be honest with you, we're we're having, and I, I think this this struggle is going on worldwide in the sense that we uh, we're having the same kind of struggle over in Ireland, where we are just basically in lockdown since Christmas. They were basically saying that you know what, you can have Christmas, but guess what, it's going to cost you, and you're going to be locked down for the whole month of January. And um, what's really, what I'm really, really struggling with, you know, not to get too political, but it, it's it's worth mentioning that we talk about it because at the end of the day as well you can't just suddenly hide behind uh, you know uh, hide behind some sense of of um how do i how do i word this without okay i may as well just say it. fuck it you can't just let your balls shrivel into your stomach because the general narrative is is to go oh yeah whatever they say for us is the best you know what i mean you can't just you can't just go oh yeah whatever they say I'm gonna put my complete and utter trust in them because that's absolute bollocks in my opinion as well. Um, Come on, are you suggesting that government sometimes takes advantage of the citizens? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Imagine, imagine, imagine someone like There's me saying that. Imagine any occurrence like this in history ever in any empire or. <laughs> it's a government structure. You remember, you remember the Spanish flu and how legitimate that was too. Good lord, yeah. All those boys coming back from war, being riddled with some sort of disease that didn't exist. Not to say that COVID isn't, by the way. That's that's we, we've established that COVID is real. But um, I think the one thing that we're seeing now is the uh, what bothers me is that, for example, in Ireland we have uh, we have like the small coffee shops, the small businesses. Like, you know, the really cool coffee shops that you like to go to that you get the best coffee instead of fucking Starbucks or... Yeah, the gas. There you go. Exactly. These places are closing down left, right and center while being replaced with a fucking Starbucks or the pubs that we have. You know, those lovely little pubs that you want to see in Ireland? Yeah. I mean, if at this rate, there won't be any of them left because, you know... It sure does, like corporate grab doesn't it oh hell yeah that's 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 my issue with this and but you know what you say that to certain people they will fucking rip your nose off because they're basically just little sheep and to be honest with you i'm not list. i'm not really interested in in kind of dealing with sheep either because i don't really need to be educated on having an opinion um right but but you know yourself you have an opinion in 2021 you're basically you're a trump fan you're a nazi you're a horrible human being and uh, if you don't agree with our narrative, uh, go fuck yourself. So cool. Right back at you, brother. Or sister, mm. you know. It's uh, yeah. it's crazy how divoided the world is at the moment, Kyle. Um, yeah. It's and you, you probably see it on social media yourself. 
is that a big thing? I mean, obviously it is a big thing in America at the moment. We've seen it with, 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 with the election and all that kind of madness that went with it. But I mean, in terms of New Orleans itself, you guys have always seemed like a, a pretty tight knit um, community, especially, you know, with, with the horrible stuff that happened with Katrina and stuff. And you guys basically had to, you know, fend for yourselves. A lot of people had to fend for themselves during that time and, and still are to this day. Um, have you seen a big divide within the community where you are or, or, or are people kind of sticking together? And... Uh, man, you know, it, it's tough to say. Some people get really angry with people out in public if they're not doing things the way that they think that they should be done. And sure. to me, you know, there's a mask mandate in the store. I'm going to wear a mask in the store and go get what I need and get out whether or not, no matter what I believe is right or wrong, because if that's what it takes to make someone else feel a little bit safer to go to the grocery store, well, then I wear the mask. It doesn't hurt, you know? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah. my mother, my mother's not young. She's, she's got to, you know, take extra protocol uh, and precaution with everything that she does. She's had some, some issues in the past that, you know, she can't afford to, to get sick. So, you know, to me it's, well then if everybody just at least tries to show respect to everybody in that regard, it, it shouldn't be a problem. I mean, I agree. It's not, yeah. it's not a lot for, you know? No, dude. So, I mean, look, I, I work in a, in a place in an environment where, you know, it's, it's mandatory to, you know, wear a mask when you're kind of passing by people and it's like it, it's kind of second nature you're like okay i'll put the mask on when i sit down and do my shit uh, uh, i'll take it off you know what i mean i don't think it's yeah, yeah i guess i guess the real kind of fear for a lot of people is like that that it's how easy it is to like do that do that boy you know and, and do it now and then it's like you're told to do it and, and and you have no choice in the matter but i think when you look at what i think when I definitely agree with the point that you just made there. If it does make someone else feel better, especially an older person or a vulnerable person who may be in a yeah. store with you and it makes them feel comfortable. Hell yeah. Why not do it? Like, it's not going to, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to die just because you, unless you put the mask up for two seconds. So I think it's, I recommend washing it regularly or you will get sick. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Or you, you get sick from your own smelly breath. <laughs> after That's just it. You know, like, you you actually have it's actually not so much for protecting yourself as for protecting others as the design for it you know but yeah if you wash it regularly you should be all right yeah absolutely absolutely like washing your ass. you want to wash your ass regularly right well, that's it i mean you don't want to be going around having people sniff your ass smell on a regular basis you know what i mean it'd be hilarious if people greeted each other like dogs do like hey, yeah that's him <laughs> That'd be so rotten. Just going up I love the way you're. I love the way you brought the podcast to this level. But you know what? I'm going with it. I think that's fucking hilarious. To be honest with you, I think that's, that's absolutely fucking. <laughs> hey, how you doing today? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh God, where you been, man? Oof. Sharing a stage. Oh man, you fucking definitely use talc, right? Mm, I like that. You got the, that. You got that good talcum powder on, baby. Long trip home, I see. Hey, <laughs> hey, chafing much? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Must be a hot day over there. It must be a hot day in Metairie, whoa, whoa. right? Jesus. There's people listening to us right now going, holy shit, where are these two going? But bear with us. Bear with us, guys. It's okay. There's always... Dude, I'm sorry, I'm forever 12, man. I'm always going to be... Oh, dude, I'm forever 13 as well. I'm the older fucking cousin here on this one, then, if you're 12, yeah. Like 13, you're just about able to get away with it because... You've reached the teens, but you're not quite yet ready to be a teenager. So I'm, I'm going to stay with the 13. Um, there you go. Dude, speaking of fucking music, the madness of the world continues. We hear today that Marilyn Manson has been cancelled forever, um, you know, which is kind of crazy with all the, with all, you know, just when we thought all of this speaking out stuff and people getting accused of stuff was dead and, well, at least had gone to sleep for a while. Marilyn Manson gets the feds around his uh, around around his house, and Trent Reznor is coming out saying, "Hey, fuck that motherfucker! I cut ties with him 25 years ago." You know, fuck, wow. whatever, fuck what he says in his book. It's kind of crazy, isn't it, in terms of how 2020 and 2021 has got? But like, it feels almost like that nothing will surprise you at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, there's it's unfortunate how many weird things have happened this year. In the past, God, now it is almost a year now that everything really, well, it's been yeah. a little over a year, depending on where in the world you are. For the States, it really kind of opened up in March last year, so we're right around a year. Yeah, um, we're the same. We, we, were, we were March as well, yeah, March. It, it's just insane, and it just seemed, you know, that year didn't even start out with that. That year started out with, like, the fires. What was it, the fires in Australia or some Sure, shit? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then it just, you know, it, it seemed like every few weeks or something you more remember more remember the portuguese happened. remember there was like uh one of the mountains erupted in portugal as well the fucking lava was coming down the ship there's, yeah there's just so much terrible so many terrible things happening all over the place and then this thing happens and no one knows what it is and no one knows what to do with it and every week they're changing what you should do and that people are scared and and nobody's got toilet paper and you know it, it, it's just weird businesses close down uh business thrive there's so many things about it that just I, I i know it's real i know that much my wife's a scientist she works in a laboratory testing for this stuff but oh it's definitely yeah, real yeah yeah it's, it, but the thing is is it's it's been just so horribly manipulated and exploited it, it's it's shameful really you know you know you know, what's know. Gonna... everybody's trying to survive but you know i don't know people are just losing everything over it it's sad man well you've got so many people because when you look at uh when you look at wuhan all of a sudden wuhan is open they want tourists they're having raves they're having fucking bathtub parties and it's like didn't this shit happen in wuhan with a fucking bat you know what i mean hmm. and, and the rest of the world is suffering so you're going what the fuck? Where did this shit really come from? I think that's what really is the question that people are starting to go. What the what's going on here? You know what I mean? Because we know it's real. We know people are getting sick. I've had it twice personally. Um, you know, once officially medically basically got a text to say you've tested positive because back in March when it first happened. There was no tests over in Ireland. They were basically just you went down to your local doctor. They were like, "Okay, you got symptoms." Don't have the flu. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, this feels like a flu, doctor. To be honest with you, I think I'm okay. But dude, it was it was the biggest pain I've ever had in my life. And I want to say this straight out there for people listening to because you know, people might think I'm being all fucking conspiratorial and all that. And that's not the case at all. I, I know this is a real thing. I experienced it for two weeks. I mean, I've had flus and I've had bad flus. And you know yourself, Kyle, us men get it, you know, because we're so battle worn and stuff. That's why we get it. <laughs> um, the, women would uh, you probably, know, it, the women would probably call us pussies, but uh, now <laughs> we, we get it bad, man. And I had it like, Dude, I went into the second week and I swear to God, my whole, and you know, me and you've talked about this before about back pain. I had it all the way. I mean, from the back of my neck, all the way down to my spine, to my fucking ass. And then the back of my legs and the back of my calves, it felt like someone like Peyton Manning had just fucking kicked the shit out of me for a while. Or just literally, you know what I mean? It felt like somebody had just really danced all over my body like um, you were under an, you were under large man attack <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah it was like if mike tyson in his sleep was just going jab 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 it's fucking that, final you know that would probably wake me up too yeah dude it was it, <laughs> oh fuck right yeah it would but no dude i swear to god that was that was the, and i didn't officially have it then but i swear to god i mean that was that was a two-week flu that's pretty much what they say COVID is. So um, that was, uh, without a doubt, it's real. It's just whether certain people, like you mentioned earlier, um, have the, the the capability to, um, I guess, to, to fight it. And certain people don't, you know. So um, without spending too much on, on the COVID disease and stuff like that, we, we just kind of, just, I, I guess we're kind of shooting the shit here and talking about how, how crazy a year it's been, but Let's get on to some more um, lighter subjects so we can kind of give people something to look forward to going into 2021. Sure, sure. Don't and, let me uh, ruin the party. Oh, and me. <laughs> and me, dude. I'm, I'm the one that brought it up. Um, I just, I always like to ask people what it's like for them because obviously lockdowns and, and, and whatnot and how certain cities and certain countries are dealing with it is, is, is all very, very different. And, um, you know, you guys were part of one of the uh, one of the most televised presidential debates in the world, which you're not going to get into. So it's been a, been a, been a crazy year for a lot of people. Um, you have a new podcast out of most importantly, most importantly, Exorder is still a thing, and Exorder have some badass merch at the moment, and this is a perfect time to get a a a good plug in there for Exorder. And merch and where people can find you. And I know in the States, we have a lot of people listening in the States. So you can speak to those guys as well. And then you can explain how European customers can, can possibly get it. Sure, sure. You know, we've, you know, we've got our own web store at exorder.com and we do ship in the States and Canada. Um, but uh, Plastic Head Megastore in the UK is our solution for merchandise distribution. Uh, so they've got a page there for us. If you go to Plastic Head uh, Megastore's website, just search Exorder and you'll find it. Uh, or you can, I think there's a link at exorder.com that will take you directly to it. Yeah, so, there is. There is. I checked it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got all kind of stuff, man. We got uh, Slaughter in the Vatican short sleeves and long sleeves. We got ladies t-shirts and tank tops. We've got 
uh, skateboards. We got all kind of stuff at, at the at the European store. It's it's a different selection. It's mostly shirts and vinyl uh, hoodies. Dude, and stuff that like vinyl! That. How good is that vinyl, though? Oh my god! I mean, that's that's kind of vinyl it's you never really you nice never want to open it. You just want to keep it. Yeah, I mean, we got uh, the only one I don't have is the black. I've got all the other ones. We've got like a beer and black splatter, um, an orange one, and also what else a clear one and like a brown marble so oh, there's that sounds good all those versions that you can get uh I, i'm not sure what they have at the mega store i, I want to say that they've got the orange and the black and the uh, maybe the brown marble vinyl but I, I i couldn't say for sure yeah yeah yeah. but they yeah, have double um double vinyl and the 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 layout's just really amazing the the team that put that together really did a, an amazing job it's after 27 years uh i'm not so sure that we deserve that kind of love but we got it and we were grateful for it are you kidding me shut the fuck up kyle that's the only well you ain't leaving now are you Nah, man we're back man we're yeah definitely like a fungus Oh, and it's amazing to see. It's funny because before we done the show tonight, I was on the I was on the uh, the commute home, as they say, and um, I had a little mix, and I put put the, the first two albums together, and I just said I'm gonna play on repeat. You know what I mean? I, I'm not playing repeat, play on shuffle. And um, it's so crazy. It's like you know, hearing the songs live now. And then listen to it in its raw form. It's just, it's so, it's so beautiful. You know what I mean? It takes you back to a time where, you know, everything didn't need to be fucking edited and mastered perfectly. It didn't need to be overproduced. It's just, it's just raw. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think that's probably why, and, and you, you, you've told me this before. You think that's why there was, there was such a loyal cult following um, to, to those first two records as well. Um, because you know there was nothing it was nothing overproduced or over there was no prima donna bullshit about it you know what i mean they were there as raw as they could be and fucking you either you either dug it or you didn't uh we probably would have had the prima donna stuff if we'd had the money to do it but <laughs> yeah but it worked the out fact, though is what i'm saying simple factor is those those two albums <laughs> i love that honestly though <laughs> They sound they sound as good as they probably can, based on what little budget we had and inexperience that we had making albums. To be honest with you, we we didn't really fully know what we were doing. That now, as older musicians, especially having been in the studio so many times with so many amazing engineers and producers, I can tell you for me. I'm not going to advance any further until it sounds the way I want it to sound. And I don't know that I always did that in my career. Yeah. Uh, but now I know better, you know, it's, it's so much better to just take your time and do it right so that you don't walk away from it. And one day go, man, I wish I had a do over on that. And in this day and age with everybody being able to record at home, nobody should walk away from a recording thinking it's, you know, not the best and with so much software help 
anybody that makes a terrible sound recording should be ashamed of themselves, man. You can do so much sure. with so little, and it just sounds like an album. It's incredible. Yeah, especially like on YouTube, you've literally got like step by step guides for for dummies. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's literally, literally. I mean, do you ever do you ever think that actually? Sometimes that you'd love to go back and re-record those two albums. Is that something that you ever think that you? you no, like... no, man. Like we recorded. There's a demo that got lost. Uh, it was the very first Exhorter demo. It was three songs, and we did it like live. We recorded the whole thing live, or recorded it at one time, and then came back and laid a vocal track on top of it. I was 16. We did Legions of Death, Ripping Flesh, and Ain't a Lust. And when we recorded it, we weren't even called Exhorter yet. We we were starting to go by a name called Masochist. It was M-A-S-A-K-I-S. It was totally misspelled on purpose. But that's what we were going as. And uh, and it was just a few weeks after we recorded that thing that we, we went with Exhorter. But um, yeah, we recorded those three songs on that demo. Those three songs were also on Get Rude. Those three songs were, uh, well, two of those three songs were on Slaughter in the Vatican, demo and album. So that's, two of those songs were on four different recordings. I don't ever want to record those songs again unless somebody's <laughs> recording me playing live. I love it. I, I guess it's a question that I wanted to ask because it's probably a question that somebody is looking at the screen right now and saying, ask him. You know what I mean? So, Man, I, I would so much rather right now just focus on brand new music. It's I got I got plenty left in me. I, I don't need to sit there and try to go revisit that stuff. Yeah, you've definitely evolved. Um, like in terms of you've evolved as an artist. Obviously, you're 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 as you as you've mentioned many times before as well. Like you, obviously, your your lyrics have evolved as well in terms of you know. 16 year old kid versus married man with kids yeah, yeah it, it changes the way you think about things that's for sure yeah yeah you know you don't want your daughters listening to a certain song on that album and it's uh i get you i, I hear that no oh man you know they freaking my kids found it on their own because i didn't I, you know <laughs> i had i had people tell me all the time they love exhorter i'm like they never heard it and they're like what are you talking about it's like i don't play that for them they're little kids man they don't need to hear that shit and some people I meet, they're like, yeah, man, tell them, like a little kid, what's your favorite song? And the little kid goes, ain't a lust. Like, it's just it's wrong with that to me, man. I don't know. <laughs> that's, like that. that's like every kind of wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, no. Oh, you like Walt Disney's greatest hits. <laughs> that's that's forever. That's forever haunting you, Kyle, right? You know what I <laughs> yeah dude that's the worst when you're out somewhere with your family and some dude hey, lost. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah we're at the uh checkout line at chuck e cheese man <laughs> <laughs> seriously it's broad daylight dude <laughs> oh man T talk about um talk about a bit of trouble actually because um you are, of course, still the lead singer of uh, one of the greatest Doom bands. Um, Indeed I am, no matter how angry that might make some people. <laughs> yeah, fuck those people. That's what I'm saying right now. 
man. If, you know, if, if you guys have made it this far in this particular podcast or video, now is the opportune time for Kyle to step aside and let me as the host, Ian the Dynamo Kelly, to tell you to take your fucking shit and fuck off because we've already got the download now anyway. So we don't care. And if you don't like the fact that Kyle's the singer of trouble, hell, we don't care. So Kyle, floor is yours, my friend. And I'm going to tell you, I don't blame anybody for the way they feel. I'm a fan of the band too. And, you know, I have my feelings about certain replacements and other bands too. So I never get mad at people if they feel a certain way. I, I, I don't, have the right to that's their right you know sure but i do know this. i do know this much i love trouble just as much as they do yeah i was a fan before i was in the band and it is really important to me that everything i do as the singer of trouble is to honor the integrity of that band and not just the band but eric wagner as well he's i'm a fan you know i've met eric he's been very cordial to me he reached out to me when um uh, when I did get the job and he just said, Hey man, just have fun with it. Good luck. You know, I was like, man, that's nice. I, I'd never had a conversation with him in my life. And he reached out and said that that was, I thought that was really cool. That's super cool. So, that's super cool. So yeah, you know, some people just never dig Dio with Sabbath and they might like rainbow and, and Dio, but they just didn't like him in Sabbath. I, I didn't at first, it, it grew on me. I really think the biggest thing that pushed me away at first was there was, you know, I guess tension between the camps and I was really into Ozzy. So I was like, I heard somebody say Ozzy rules, Sabbath rules. So I was like, yeah, you know, like, I don't, you know, and then yeah, I'm listening yeah, to Sabbath. Yeah. Well, why, am I, why am I saying Sabbath rules? They don't drool. They, Sabbath rules, Ozzy rules and Sabbath rules. And I like a little bit know. of neon nights. I've no, no problem with that shit. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, my God is, you know, three or four really great albums they did with Dio. And, oh uh, yeah! Oh yeah! 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 Unbelievable, yeah. dude. Go go listen to "After All the Dead" and tell me that it sucks. I'll be like, oh man, I don't know what you're on. That's some badass Black Sabbath to me. It's like so. for me. It's like for me. I'm a really big Skinnerd fan, right? And um, you know, especially old school Skinnerd. Now I got to see. I mean, dude, th those guys died in that plane crash. You know, probably before I was born, or just. Closely, yeah, yeah, closely there, thereabouts. But when I go back and listen to those old records, I'm like, oh man, you know, I absolutely love it. Like, give me three steps, all that stuff. And I'm like, sure. when Donnie came in then and and sang, you know, we I, I got to see them live as well in um, over here in Ireland in in, uh, in the Tree Arena, and it was a really cool experience to see, like, you know, at least you know the keyboard player and all that, like, um, you know, somebody of yeah. members. But I mean. So many people actually gave that guy shit because he wasn't. And that's that's Ronnie's brother. I mean, it's exactly. Do you know what I mean? And and plus, he was going. Who to else be, would you want there? Yeah, I'm like, if this is family, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, it might not be yeah. the exact same voice, but come on, dude. It's like um, I give an example, a perfect example. I've always been like, we're pretty we're pretty fickle sometimes in sports over here, and I'm sure you guys are as well. Especially when you get a new head coach, when a, a head coach, for example gets a gig and then you know he gets he gets the bullet boom forget about it but you you kind of you see his vision and you go oh no you gotta give him more time like you know um i i found that with maiden for example you know i've always tried to take that um element of of my sport i'm like look i like the team first and foremost 
That's what matters. The team is what matters. The individuals come after. And I think it's the same in bands. I mean, I got into Maiden when Bruce Dickinson was the singer. So, of course, you know, I wasn't around when, when, the, when the first two Maiden records hit the shelves, you know. So I, my first Maiden album was like Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. And then when I, I, dude, heard- I, I was I was alive for the first two. And I, I my first Iron Maiden that I ever heard was actually from The Number of the Beast, which is actually my least favorite of the first five albums. I tell well, people, they're like, you're crazy. Like, no, it's 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 still great. It's just yeah. that I find four other Iron Maiden albums better. That's it. Better. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like Maiden have had like even poor um, even poor. Um, what's his name? Oh, good Lord. I'm going to get crucified for this now. Blaze Bailey, when he uh, when he took over, I mean, he had the most impossible task of replacing Bruce Dickinson in the late. Of course, night, man. You know, and, and don't forget, Bruce Dickinson had to replace Paul Diano. And that's yeah. actually what, what made Iron Maiden shoot to the stratosphere. You know, that whole charisma and that frontmanship that, you know, let's be real. I think Bruce Dickinson still is probably one of the most iconic frontmen. It could have been any singer, man. It any singer. Then David Coverdale, it could have been uh, uh, Rob Halford. If if he comes in there, he's going to be taken seriously because he's great. Exactly. And that's the point I'm making. I, I still went, you know what? I'm going to listen to the X Factor because this is the new singer. And I actually try to pick things now that I like from that album. And I'm like, yeah, there is some good stuff there. You can see that the band were messing with some of the... Um, the melodies and some of the kind of more experimental side of things and getting a lot more kind of a, you can tell they were listening to more Tin Lizzy and getting the, the kind of the harmonies and dual guitar yeah. down and stuff like that. And and now obviously Dickinson's back. So I think that's the, the point I'm making in a long and winded way is that, yes, we all have our favorite singers and sometimes they go, or favorite band members in general, and, and, and they go, but you got to stick by the band. You know what I mean? It's like you said, you're a fan of trouble as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. man. Yeah. And, and some to me, yeah, I get it, man. I would, I'd be angry if somebody came in there and took a shit all over someone's legacy that, that I cared about, you know? Yeah. So, you know, but dude, all I can say is if you don't dig the songs that I do with them, fine, but come see, come see me sing the songs that were around before that. And if you, don't like it after you see me live well then fair enough you know and i'll call you a lawyer i'll be the one in the crowd i'm, I'm kyle's plant <laughs> he'd be like kick that guy's ass in <laughs> nah, and it's, no my point is that's a joke my, my point is is totally just come come see it live if you don't like it after i do it live well then you know <laughs> then I, I, I can't help you any further. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a great way to end that particular, um, you know, conversation. I think it's great what, what you guys have done. And I think uh, anybody, for me personally, I think the, the songs that you did record um, so far are absolutely phenomenal. And um, you I'm, know, I'm, I meet a lot, uh, a lot of their old friends that are like super fans uh, and, and like just friends of theirs at this point, you know, uh, from way back. And I've had a few of them tell me that they came and, you know, kind of skeptical or, you know, we kind of even didn't want to like it, but they, they've told me that like, you really, you obviously care. You put your heart and soul to it and you sang your ass off. I'm like, I give a shit. I care. You know, but that's all you can do. Yeah. That's all you can do, you know? Um, 
Well, let's get, why don't we, before we get back into uh, some business, why don't we kind of um, segue a little bit for something that is a big passion of yours and a big passion for a lot of the fans here on the Dynamo Podcast Network uh, because we do have a football podcast, as you know, the Under Center Podcast. It used to be formerly the ASI Podcast and you know me and a fellow Irishman tried to do our best in pretending that we knew about um, American football. And that is uh, that is something that is a huge passion of you guys uh, in in uh, well well within my bubble in terms of what I know of New Orleans, all my friends, you and Levi and Phil and all those guys, you're all big, crazy fucking New Orleans Saints fans, and yes, that's so close, and it looks like you may possibly be seeing the last of a very special breed in Mister Mister Drew Brees. Yeah, uh, nobody wants to see him retire, obviously, because we've gotten so spoiled by his ability and his heart and genius, and basically. Just, yeah, it's, he's an incredible athlete. But the simple fact of the matter is, is, you know, time catches up with all the best ones. Yeah. And, you know, I, people are hanging on hope. I, I just don't. My money's on him just haven't had enough, man. He. He had like torn, uh, torn fascia, uh, torn rotator cuff, and uh, eleven punctured, uh, eleven broken ribs and a punctured lung, and missed f- uh, four or five games and came back to finish the season. You know, so if the dude threw three interceptions in the playoff game, that's probably got something to do with it. Yeah, for better or for worse, you know, uh, I'm not trying to make excuses. He might have just had a bad game that day, but. Uh, we're just not used to seeing it. He's had a handful of those games uh, over the years, but mostly he's given us incredibly exciting football to watch. And uh, there's very little in the world that's as fun to me as watching Drew Brees, 10 minutes left in the game, down 15 points, come back and win it. I've seen it. It's just incredible. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I don't know. I just think I watched his body language after this last game and, just I, my feeling is that he's he's going to make an announcement soon that he's that he's done. I, I, I if he if he's not, I'll support him and watch again. I, I don't know how he's going to put another year into it. They the last two years he's just gotten the crap beat out of him, and uh and he's he's always been a durable player. So I don't know. We shall see. That was a uh, that was quite a heartwarming moment, wasn't it? When uh, Tom Brady and Drew Brees kind of made that embrace, it was almost like Tom Brady was paying his own tribute to. Oh, they're great friends. Uh, yeah, it was. From it was what I understand, they uh, after the game, Tom Brady was throwing touchdown passes to Drew's sons on the field. Yeah. They're all hanging out. To, it's like these people hang out together. You know? That's so cool, wasn't it? Oh yeah, we're not breaking the fort wall or anything. <laughs> we're, we're we're athletes and we kind of tend to know each other. Um, but I mean, when you look at someone like Tom Brady and Drew Brees, I mean, Tom Brady looks like the stereotypical athlete, right? You know what I mean? He looks like he's fucking chiseled out of. Oh, he's built for it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Drew Brees just looked like your everyday guy. I'm not saying he's not in shape. Of course, the dude is in shape. But right. But he's he's not six feet tall. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. He's in good shape for a guy his size, but he's not like a giant dude. He's, you know, he he made his 
career um, on quick reads and athleticism. You know, he's just able the brain, to his, the brain is that pocket awareness, man, to be able to stand there and sense when to step up because you this pass rush is coming. And if you just step up, he's going to miss you because he's going so fast. He can't, you know, and when you know that kind of, that's stuff that's hard to teach. I think that's stuff that a lot of that's just instinct. Yeah. You know, like yeah, a running, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a running back making a cut left when the play is designed to go right. When you see something and go, uh-uh, I got this. You know, that's that's what Drew Brees, that was one of his factors, man. And this this guy, a lot of a lot of quarterbacks don't look past their first or second options unless they're really good. And he's a guy checked down to his fourth and fifth almost every other play. You know, it's insane yeah, like, yeah, to yeah. watch guy scan the field and then okay, running back, there you go. You know, a lot of times people just stand there kind of frozen and then pass rush fumble. There you go. Greatest, greatest moment in NFL history. For me. Oh, when the Saints won the Super Bowl, of course. <laughs> Hell yeah. I watched that. I watched that. It was my, it was my, it was my first Super Bowl, by the way, it was legitimately my first Super Bowl that I had watched. Yeah. That's cool. That that may actually be the second most favorite. The the when Garrett Hartley kicked the Saints into the Super Bowl against the Vikings, the whole city went nuts. I mean, it might be as important as winning the Super Bowl, I think. Yeah. Because I remember I remember it was that was 08, yeah. Uh that was the 09 season. 09, the, uh, 09, 09. 08, Super Bowl, 09. Super Bowl 10. Oh, uh, Super yeah. Bowl 20. Yeah, 0809 season, wasn't it? It was in 09, but it was the 0809 season. I'm, I'm, I always go like oh, it was the 0910 season. Oh, sorry, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that's why I don't pretend to be an expert on it. But I do remember watching it, and I remember um, a, a couple of my friends were going, "You got to watch the Super Bowl," and I was like, "Well, who's playing?" And they were like, "Oh, New Orleans," and I was kind of going, "I like a lot of New Orleans music." I was like, "Are they?" They're not like the team, you know, they're not like the Manchester United or the, you know, the Chicago Bulls of, of, of the world where they're winning everything, are they? They were like, no, no, this is like New Orleans' chance to win. So I was like, okay, so they're almost underdogs. They were like, yeah, I suppose you could look at it that way. And uh, I was like, I'm taking New Colts Orleans. Were yeah. The Colts were the favorite. Yeah, yeah. So they were underdogs, yeah. So New Orleans were underdogs. Yeah. So I was, uh, and I always remember that. Remember, I can't remember the guy. It was a black guy who literally jumped and caught the ball. He done like this absolutely crazy move where it was going down, and he jumped, put his whole body on the line, and caught it like literally in midair like that. Caught the ball just before in the Super Bowl. Up. Yeah, was it the Super Bowl or was it the build up to the Super Bowl? Was it the the game before that? Possibly. That season was magical, but. Uh... There was there was there was so many. There was a, there there was so a black things. guy with dreadlocks that played for the Saints at that time. I'm trying to think. Of, oh, Mike McKenzie. That's Mike McKenzie. That? He was a cornerback that played for Green Bay for a long time, and he he signed with the Saints midway through that season, I think, because we were getting thin at cornerback. Yeah, I think he's the he the one really, that caught the fucking ball. It was about to drop, which meant the play would have stopped. But he literally threw his body on the line, caught it. Well, wow, I I don't even remember, man. There were just so many amazing magical moments that season you had uh tracy porter's interception return for a touchdown in the super bowl you had uh robert meacham uh it was crazy like 
I think he fumbled the ball into one of the other players' hands, and and then that guy started taking off, and somehow he got it back. There was some crazy thing that happened like that. It was insane. Yeah, and he ran it back for. It's just that whole season. It was um, interceptions returned for touchdowns. Crazy. Yeah, I just remember seeing that one moment, and people are probably thinking I'm crazy, but I know what I saw, and I was like, well, I don't even know much of what's going on in this game, but that looked shit cool to me. You know what I mean? It was like he literally done like a fucking basically it looked like he was gonna land on his neck but he didn't give a shit he was like i'm gonna put my arm out here and i'm gonna grab this ball and if i break my neck in the process so be it you know that's um, why they pay them the big money <clears throat> yeah absolutely man um that was that was awesome so it was uh so ever since then i've been a saints fan that's why it's more fun to watch them play than it is to watch like me play <laughs> or me or me <laughs> You give me a football at my foot, I'm pretty decent, you know. And I can probably go for maybe 20 to 30 minutes at this age. I don't know. Even that even seems like a stretch now. I'm 50 and slow, man. I freaking uh I I busted my elbow trying to catch a frisbee about six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Stupidest thing in the world. Okay, it's game over for you, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, man. Um let's get back into give him a wait. You what? Just give him the lightweights, lots of reps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, he'd be fine. Just leave him in the corner and give him the lightweights. He's not trying to build his arms at this point. He's just he's trying to keep fit. Um, just trying not to die here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep the heart rate going at a nice, uh, right, steady uh, pace. 30, 30 minutes, three times a week. There you go. <laughs> Hell, I'll tell you what, you're doing more than some fucking young people. That's a fact, you know. Um, Man, it's it's. I, I try to tell my kids, man, don't get out of the habit of doing exercise when you're young, because when you start getting older and you decide to get back in, you're gonna pay the price for it. Oh, dude, like I I, I try and um, I try and say like like one of the most underrated things to do, literally when you've got 20 minutes, 30, not even 20 minutes, you got 10 minutes, do as many push-ups as you can, do even three reps of 20 if you can, you know, or do right. Or do them to failure. Yeah. You'll find after two to three weeks, you're like, shit, I'm getting a nice bit of shoulder and chest pulls here going on. And yeah. A little vein in my arm, you know? Push-ups work. Push-ups work and they work quickly. Oh, push-ups work very, very quickly. Um, you know, I, I remember I was trying to go to the gym for a long time and I was like, I'm doing the weights and I'm like, shit, I'm still not getting that vein that I used to have in my arm. You know what I mean? I'm like, what's happened? Why isn't the vein popping up? And it's like, it's probably the amount of carbs you're eating in, but you know, say nothing to anybody. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, dude, literally, literally two weeks of doing pushups. I was like, shit, the veins are coming back, you know, because it's such an underrated, um, such an underrated exercise to do a few squats. I think it gets it gets lumped in with like calisthenics, and it's not. It's a workout, man. You're no, pushing your workout. body. It's a workout. I mean, like listen, squats and push-ups. Dude, I, I tell you, you, you go to the dinner table and put your feet on one of the dinner chairs and stretch out and do twenty push-ups inclined like that. You'll see just how important it is. Oh to, yeah. You know, to do push-ups, man. <laughs> and when done correctly as well, when done correctly, you know, so many people fucking injure themselves because they're doing that big wide push-up and they're like, ah, I'm like, yeah, you want to know why your, your, your shoulder is gone? Yeah. Because you're literally fucking 
spreading your arms wider than your body is. You know, get it nice and deep. Boom. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but well, there we go. That's um, that is that's training with Kyle and Ian right there. So look at us, <laughs> big burly boys. <laughs> just, just eat less and exercise, people. Stop looking for the miracle cure. That's the answer. Well, you know what? Or eat more, but eat good. You can that's, do that too. Yep. If you're looking to, you just know, got, just just got to burn the calories. Absolutely, brother. Um, so let's get back to um, before we before we kind of wind down here. Let's get back to the uh, to the podcast. Obviously, KT's Hollowed Sound um, is available now, of course, on um, on Anchor and Spotify, and anywhere that you find your your podcasts. Um, for all of our European listeners, um, KT's Hollowed Sound is now going to be part of the Dynamo Podcast Network as well, um, which I am absolutely honored to be able to say that um and we will be uh, we'll be playing obviously whatever whatever music coil wants to play so we'll be playing exclusive songs that uh, that coil will play on a, on a monthly basis it is going to be a monthly podcast for the time being with a view possibly to go on bi-weekly eventually i think that's that's the idea that you have at the moment isn't it yeah yeah i think it's probably uh the way my life goes, it takes me forever to do anything. Just ask my wife. And um, so if I can just, you know, complete a few of these and, you know, three months in a row and, and if there's interest in it for more than, you know, and I've got the time to do it, that that's contingent. Uh, that's what everything's contingent upon right there anyway, is my available time because I'm writing and recording a new Exhorter album, a new Trouble album, a solo album, all these things I, I, I teach. Uh, I'm also, you know, heavily a part of business operations for Exhorter. So, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of things I'm doing every single day, career-wise. You know, so Monday and Tuesday are my teaching days. You know, Tuesdays and Thursdays I maintain other aspects of the business that I got to do: merch, shipping, and whatever. And uh, and then for a lot of times Friday, I'll take to to do things around the house that, you know, a, a homeowner, a husband, a father needs to do, you know, it's, I can't abandon my family just because of, I've got all this stuff to take care of, you know, good news is they're, you know, our children are grownups now. And uh, most of the time, they all don't want me around anyway, because I'm kind of a grouch. <laughs> yeah, well, but they I, love me. I yeah. know they love me. I got I got to see that the other night. Well, I got to hear you say it the other night. I didn't uh, I didn't necessarily see you being a grouch, but uh, yeah, you uh, you basically. No, they're like, oh, he's nice to you. You're you like you don't live here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the wife was kind of go, yeah, he's nice to you, but you don't see him all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, no, man. We, we've got a really good close family and, and we, uh, we've got wonderful kids and just a great network of friends. I, I couldn't, ha I couldn't, the only thing I could really need more of in my life is just uh, things to get back to normal so I can get this business up and rolling. And, you know, I think everybody always craves for financial stability, these things, but you know, you, you always end up freaking living within your means and then oh man i gotta 
uh, I gotta, you know, pay for the uh, the the Maserati. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Not yeah. that I'm like, I, you don't want me driving a Maserati. I'm such an old papa, man. I drive so slow. <laughs> I'd be boring in a sports car. Yeah, but, man, you don't need, be, you don't need to be in a Maserati. No, 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 no. It would it'd be fun to drive one. My point is, is you know, I, I don't. I've got all that I need. I don't need anything else. But you know. A little more comfort here and there. I think everybody on this, you know, probably could agree. Creature comforts are nice, man. So uh, until then, uh, I'm living a happy life, man. I'm the the poorest, famous person you'll ever meet. You know what? I love it. And, and guess what? There's a lot to be said in that. And there's a beautiful, um, there's a beautiful kind of uh, satire, I suppose, in 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 what you said there. You know. Um, because you're not a poor man. You've got everything that you need. Oh, you're enriched. I, I'm, I'm very rich with what I have at home. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm and, and, and you're not going hungry anytime soon, you know? Um, Hell no. And um, that's, 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 you know, that's why I suppose um, people like you and me do become friends, you know what I mean? Because it's like you, you see a realism with people, you know? You, you get to... Um, you get to kind of meet people that you kind of look at and you listen to, should I say, you listen to and you look at and you go, Oh man, that's such a hell of a singer, blah, blah, blah. And you know, like there's old sayings, like, Oh, never meet your heroes and whatnot. And I've been very lucky. Um, you know, I'm just going to say, I've been very lucky with, with the likes of yourself and um, the things that you've hooked up for me on this podcast before. I mean, let's just say right now, Phil and Selma wouldn't have appeared on this podcast if it wasn't for Kyle Thomas right here. Um, so, well, man, he's an old friend. He's he's happy to do that kind of stuff, and and I'm happy to help bridge that. Absolutely, and you know it was nice to be able to kind of you you created a friendship there based off the back of that as well. You're still always going to be my number one. Don't worry, even if Phil's listening. <laughs> that's that's, that's man. Um, as long as long as I'm not number two. Well, there you go. See. You'll, you'll 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 see phil on in three weeks you'll be like you know phil you'll always be number one don't worry and so is kyle both of you are number one <laughs> no oh, was it rodney dangerfield rodney dangerfield said that in back to school gotta look out for number one just be careful you don't step in number two yeah that, that's it dude that's absolutely yeah 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 um no, it's it's true. You've you've done a lot for me, so it's really cool to be able to, to kind of see you now getting into the podcast world. I think it's 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 doing really well. Obviously, you're doing great numbers at the moment so far. You're getting good feedback from your end, so I can't wait to um, to kind of blast it and unleash it from our side as well. And here, you know, have people kind of listen to what you're all about. Listen to this podcast. People should know what you're all about, anyway. Um, I've got a lot of good feedback from it, man. A lot of people say they they can't wait for the next episode really enjoyed it you know some people i'd never met in my life some people that are old friends so yeah i'm sure there's probably some people that think it sucks you know but <laughs> it is what it is i i just thought it might be cool to get out there and just kind of be myself and yeah and record it and let everybody hear it you know what's and you know the people that think it sucks they're the people you want listening to you know? Yeah, tell her about how terrible it is, so they want to hear how terrible it is, and then you're spreading it for them. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> Any publicity is good publicity. That's what it's about. You know what I mean? Please, you gotta go look at how bad this guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Please give us those negative feedbacks. But hit the hit the thumbs down on our shows. It's fine. It's no problem because all it does is help us. It's it's traction. 
<laughs> so crazy. Uh, no, I think it, it, it's a pleasure. Um, obviously, people can find you, like I mentioned, um, everywhere that you listen to podcasts. KT's Hollowed Sound podcast. It is going to be exclusively part of the Dynamo Podcast Network over here in Europe as well. And uh, we're going to be working together in, 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 uh, in kind of producing that from, from this side too. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's a great show. Like I say, I think it's, um, it's raw. It's, uh, it's really well produced in the sense that, you know, you've got a good speaking voice as people can hear anyway now. So hearing the audio without the visual, I think is good. I'm an old school advocate for that. I love old, I love old radio and Art Bell and stuff like that. And I really do love old, old, there's an art to it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we all look at the, the BBC, the old kind of horror shows where you just have to listen to like 10 minutes of like, you know, Van Helsing chasing Dracula. We always had that over when I was young and I had them on tapes and these were like from the fifties and sixties and my granddad would give them to me and I'd put them in my little Walkman and I'd be in right, bed. Right. When I was supposed to be asleep, I was in bed listening to this shit, absolutely terrified. You know what I mean? No wonder, of course. no wonder I'm crazy. Um, but there's just such a beautiful, um, I find anyway, there's such a beautiful um, innocence to to old school radio just one man and a mic and kind of bearing a soul and speaking like that so i think you you, you absolutely knocked it out of the park and uh, i certainly can't well, wait to hear this show. really just kind of winging it <laughs> you know? but i've got some cool ideas and i've got a few things that uh that i'm going to do with episode two that are a little different from the, the first one but i think it'll add to it so it's it's evolving already just love two it. episodes. I love it. Well, I suppose that's that's about it for for this uh, for this episode of Dynamo's Dozen. Um, if there's anything else you want to plug before we go, I'm more than happy for you to have the floor. Um, um I mean, we pretty much covered everything. I'm just yeah. I'm just grateful that you uh, invited me on as a guest, and and if anybody's listening, thank you for giving a shit. I really do appreciate that. Absolutely, man. It, it's all the, the, the pleasure is all yours, as they say. No, I'm only joking. The pleasure is all mine. My friend. <laughs> the pleasure is all yours. <laughs> I, I stole that. I stole that from a uh, from a good friend uh, who's a, a, a wrestling magazine writer over here in in Ireland and the UK, Mr. Finn Martin. So if he's listening, he's uh, he's definitely got my I owe you one, brother. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's been a pleasure. Um, we're going to keep in touch. Obviously, we'll we'll, we'll get this out. Um, probably this will drop when. Well, there's no point in me saying when it will drop because the people that are listening know that it's dropped right now. Uh, but <laughs> we will because <laughs> you're listening. Because you're listening. <laughs> hey. It's it's three fifty five in Ireland in the AM right now. So uh, yeah, man. I think I'm doing pretty good, all things considering. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, your English you know, is fantastic. You what? Your English is fantastic right now. Hey, we 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 were taken over by them a long time ago, so I had no choice but to, but to get good, <laughs> but to get good at it, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do no. people do people do people still speak Gaelic like any people at all? Like I don't know much about. 
we do or is that just an ancient is that an archaic language now <clears throat> if you go like deep, like not, i'm not even trying to be a smart aleck like no, here in louisiana there's people that speak cajun french and don't speak any english or very little so no, it's, we, we, we have um over on the west of ireland we have uh we have islands called like the aran islands with certain schools called like the gale talked which would only speak irish um you know, even though they have the ability to speak English, it's not like we're we're not we don't have like plates in our lips or any shit like that. But uh, they, you know, but but they keep that. But they keep that part of yeah, history yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. That's good. It's still it's, it's still part of the curriculum. It's still part of the curriculum over here in Ireland that you you you've got to speak be, Ireland. Got to speak Irish within within the schools. Like I, I I can speak a little bit. Like I can say, you know, I could say certain things. You know. Rachel, my partner, like she's really good at Irish. She could still pretty much have a conversation. You know what I mean? And wow. I just, whoa. But I, like, I'd know how to say, you know, stuff about myself. If I was, you know, being interviewed by someone, I'd probably be able to wing it. Um, not great. Uh, a little bit more rusty. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to know more, put it that way. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of, hey, it's the great British empire, right? They came and just took shit off people and, uh, here we are. Uh, and colonization has happened for thousands of years at this point, man. It's crazy. Yeah, well, as as, as Johnny Rotten said, God saved the Queen. <laughs> and we know and we and, know what, um, we know what followed that sentence, don't we? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, man. You know, it's the, the French did it. Kublai Khan, you're talking about Genghis Spanish. Khan. Spanish. Yeah. The, yeah, this just, I think people get so overpowered with, you know, greed for money and riches that it just causes complete freaking chaos and, and how people behave, you know? Uh, I mean, money is great. Money's wonderful when you got it, but, you know, money can also be miserable when you've got it, so... So essentially what you're saying is fuck the Brits, yeah? <laughs> no. No, man. No, man. They, they, they did that here a long time ago. I got no problem with the Brits. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Well, you're an Irishman as well. Don't forget. Don't say that too loudly. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. And, you know, it's one of the greatest parts. One of the greatest parts of being a touring musician is going. And I recommend. Anybody, not everybody's going to be a touring musician in their life, but if you get a chance to travel the world and meet other people, I think it's a huge uh, factor in how you how you look at people. You know, you go travel the world and you start seeing people in their environment and understand how they work versus what our day to day routines are. You know, how different they may be. I, I think it opens your eyes a little bit more and, and maybe opens your mind a little bit more to how it's okay to be different, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we joke and, and we kind of like, but you know, I've been brought up on British culture as well as, you know, I'm an Irish man. I'm, I'm a proud fucking 100% pure blood Irish man. As far as I know, I think we probably have a little bit of a Italian or Spanish in there as well, somewhere along the line. But um, as far as I know, we're, we're, we're pretty much, mostly Irish and I mean 
without without me getting the opportunity to go to the UK when I was young and learn how to wrestle professionally, and you know, without that education over there and being accepted, you know, and and listen, Irish people, we like we follow British sports. I mean, like my favorite football team is Chelsea Football Club, you know, which is a big club in you know in, in London. So it's like. We, we we tease each other nowadays, you know what I mean? We tease each other, and it's kind of like, hey, oh, we, we we'll never forget what you did, but you know, we're we're cool, we're cool. It's it's, I mean, it's it's the same with the Scots and them, you know. I mean, <laughs> oh well, the Scots are pussies because they uh, they had the uh, they, they 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 had the opportunity to vote for their independence about three years ago, and they chose to stay in the UK. And then they were like, oh, oh shit, can we? Can we have that vote again? They were like, "Can we have that vote again? We actually want to go again." And we're like, "Nah, fuck you! You, you, you made your bed now." <laughs> Whereas that's all, uh, that's all me, man. I don't know any of that. Ireland is the only country, and this is a fact. And this is, you know, this is why the Brits respect the Irish as well. Only country, um, an island, a tiny little fucking island. Because when you think about the UK. 75 to 80 million population ireland even now at its highest population of all time is 5 million and we ran them motherfuckers back <laughs> you know you know you know the vikings back in the day the vikings when they were trying to invade england they wanted to go on a long roundabout route and when they came across ireland and saw the celts true story back in the day they were all standing basically naked with fucking you know, sticks, like weapons made out of fucking sticks and plastic. And they just, the Vikings even turned around and said that they, they nah. they're, they're more hassle. They're, they're, that, they look like they're more trouble than it's worth. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's an incredible Ireland, um, Ireland. And it's, um, you know, I'm super proud to be Irish, but, uh, uh, and our heritage, like, but for an Ireland so small, our, our, uh, our culture and our, our seed was planted everywhere, you know, very, well, for, very fertile, for only, very fertile little people. <laughs> for only having been there about 24 hours, I absolutely fell in love with it. And I felt so at home and the people were so welcoming and especially upon learning of my heritage. And you know, I, I had so many people just tell me, welcome home. And like, I couldn't believe it. It's, I always dreamed of going to Ireland and just yeah. We we spoke about that before in the build up. Remember, even even a couple of years before you had that opportunity, you would always said to me like, "Dude, you know, it's my dream to get home to the motherland." You know. Yes. Uh, yes. It was, and I saw it was, that video. A... I saw that video, of course, when you got out onto the that green land, and you were like, "Wow, this is awesome!" Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I got down and kneeled and bowed down to the ground yeah it was awesome dude it was awesome i mean it was it was it was just grass in between the sidewalk and the parking lot at the gas station yeah but it was irish grass no but that, that 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 is something like for me that means a lot because i mean for me i always like as a kid growing up when you look at um you know look at all your favorite movies like for me it was like the teenage mutant ninja turtles and you know yeah all of my favorite marvels yeah, all my favorite Marvel comic stuff and all, and like seeing yeah. New York and seeing places. So for me, when I got the opportunity a couple of years back to go and see Orlando um, in Florida, you know, just to actually touch down. And the first place I touched down in was actually North Carolina, even though I was in the airport. 
I was like, I am in Ric Flair country. Woo! <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm honored just to say that I'm in Ric Flair country right now. And it was, and it's, you know, even though America's like, you know, for, for a lot of us, especially even my age group, which I'm not too old. I mean, I'm 36 years old, but, you know, for my age group, we grew up in working class families, you know, especially my family anyway. Um, you know, we didn't get to get those holidays to the United States. You know what I mean? Like a lot of guys in school, oh, I've been to America three or four times. And you're like, fuck you, you rich asshole. <laughs> you know, right. like, it's that bitterness, you know, fuck you, man. Um, <laughs> dude, being able to go over there with, with Rachel was just, uh, you know, and see Disneyland and see Universal and see where, you know, so many great memories have, have happened like i mean when i got to the jaws part and saw jaws hanging up you know that that famous fish hanging upside down i was like dude this is something i watched with my grandfather it was just like exactly really, so I, I get what you're saying like being able to come over and, and and you being so in tune with your your ancestry um i completely get where you're coming from with with, with kind of a even even kneeling down to a little bit of grass by a gas station, that's that's good enough, you know? It's funny. I really think my grandfather, who was 100% of Irish descent, I think it meant less to him than it meant to all of his his children and grandchildren. Like, for us, we all really like, and I just, I don't know, I, I don't think he thought that much about it, really, to be well, honest. Well, you take it for granted. So your your actual direct grandfather was 100% Irish, so that's pretty fucking, like, that's, that's yeah, very it, close. His, uh, line, yeah. I, I can't remember if it was his parents that came over or his grandparents that came over. He was born in 1918. So it was either the generation that he was born of. I would uh, say uh, that makes sense to me because don't forget that's not long after the Titanic. So that's when Irish were just flooding over, you know what I mean? It would have been around that time. I would yeah, imagine. Yeah. I would imagine. But he never even met his father. His father died of the uh the flu epidemic in 1918. And uh Spanish and it was a few flu. months before Spanish flu, yeah. 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 Just just a couple of months before he was born, his his father died. And uh I think he was the youngest. So he uh I think his mother might have been a little tired of uh of chasing after kids and if it's my understanding if my mother has advised me correctly that uh that she was a bootlegger so uh -huh. so i think she sold i don't know if she sold whiskey or beer out of her house that's pretty she cool was boot oh yeah. i'll tell you one thing this is a story like i mean we we, we won't get into this because we, we we could uh we could get shut down but when the troubles up uh even up north as we all know, the troubles between Belfast and Ireland and England and all that, the troubles up north, the women were some of the hardest bitches on the planet. And I say bitches with love. I mean, these these women, you know, they, they, they opened the doors to the black and tans, as they were called, those police officers that were just absolute bottom-feeding fucking lowlifes. And they just stood there and they were like, yeah. And they were harboring guys under their fucking floorboards. You know what I mean? These women had no fear. Um, Irish women, I'll tell you one thing. I'm, uh, it's funny, you know, when I, was oh, off. Oh, when I was a single man, when I was a single man, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go over to America and get me an American woman. I have an Irish woman now. <laughs> She'll listen to this show. Uh, you'll meet Rachel eventually, but she would kick my ass. You know what I mean? They, they don't take shit. 
um, oh, of course not, man. Anybody. Of course not. It's a, it's a great. No, we, we are we are a little nation of of crazy people, and uh, you know, you know, the Irish men back in those days, in particular, that you're talking about, definitely liked. Um, they liked the pussy for sure because they they spread <laughs> they spread their fucking seed far and wide. You know, <laughs> let's 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 not a. Uh, Let's not really kind of sugarcoat it, but um, yeah, man, they were the hardest working, uh, hardest working people in the world at that time, you know. And um, you know, they built America. That's what they say. The Irish built America, and it's 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 very. My grandfather helped build the streets of New Orleans. There you go. There you go. And that's what that was then, really cool. And when you, when you told me. And then he was chief of the New Orleans Fire Department for many years. That's and then he went to captain. He was captain. He made it to captain. Did he play and, in any uh, of the pipe bands? Did he play in any of the pipe bands? No. Oh no. He he had a voice like Bing Crosby. Nice. He sang beautiful. Nice. But he was he was painfully shy to sing in front of people. He was not shy to make an ass out of himself in a barroom, making people laugh, putting on a show. Hmm. But he would never have sang in front of anybody, and it was a damn shame because he was that good. And uh, I guess that's where I inherited it from because really nobody else in my family before me were like accomplished musicians i'm pretty much the first one it's great my brother, my brother came along and i've got a cousin that plays and my nephews play a little bit too so but uh but i was really the first one that like got into lessons really went after it with the trumpet you know it's crazy to think isn't it because my grandfather who i was really close with he died when i was nine but i was really close with him up until that point he actually taught he was in the original, he was in the original Irish Army back in the day, and he worked for the AA, which was basically the uh, the emergency response that we had over here in Ireland. But he um, he was actually a really incredible drummer in the pipe band. He was really really good snare drummer, and uh, right. he actually taught my uh, he taught my dad's cousin Chris Chris Kelly his name is now who who also went into the army. And he's now one of the leading drummers of the pipe band within the army as well. So my granddad was, my granddad had this really cool idea that he would instead, because he could, they couldn't afford drums back then, right? They couldn't exactly go out and buy three or four snares, you know, to kind of teach people. So what he used to do was he'd get a block of wood, right? And he'd lay rubber padding down like five, six layers on and just teach them with the drumsticks on that because the sound traveled through into the wood and they'd get the exact same sound and the same bounce that you would get off a snare. Oh, wow. And, and that's it. And he used to have three or four guys over every night in his kitchen, just teaching them how to play the drums. Like, so it's a really, really, really cool, cool stories, you know? No doubt. Yeah. So, um, but there we go. We're actually getting some added bonus content here for, for listeners here going, Whoa. It's a little bit of insight into 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 Coil and uh, his family heritage and uh, really cool. So I think until um, until next week for me, Dynamo's dozen. I am Ian Kelly. I am over now, and I will let Coil have the last word for the first time ever on Dynamo's dozen. I'm usually the one that, that speaks for the guest and says goodbye, but I'll let you uh, I'll let you take us out on this on this on this show here. Yeah, I just want to thank everybody that's uh, listened, especially the people listened for the 8,000 minutes that we've been talking here about a whole bunch of 
not a bunch of nothing. Uh, no, really, seriously, it's it's nice to uh, to be able to have this opportunity to do this for all the good people out there. And um, can't wait to get out there and play again. Hopefully, uh, we don't have a repeat of getting things postponed, and hopefully, things don't get canceled outright. So, um, hang in there. We're we're trying to get to y'all. <laughs> in the meantime, writing a lot of music, and uh, other than that. Uh, just living day to day trying to make it that's about it so thanks to everybody for uh entertaining this old man over here and we'll see you soon <laughs>